Thanks, Karen. Hey, if you all see on uh, your screen that we're live on Facebook, this is a new thing we're trying to do just to let people know that we are out here, that we are worshiping together. Uh, let me know if you have any issues with that or if there's any kind of discomfort around that. But just the sermon is visible on Facebook Live. Your participation, uh, we believe, is not visible. Uh, so still protecting privacy, confidentiality, and all of that. Uh, let me pray for us, and then we'll begin our sermon. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for technology that connects us. More than anything, we want to zero in on what you desire in your word. You want us to become people who are more like Jesus. We know that. We believe that. And yet sometimes it's just hard to kind of find a pathway into that. As we've been discussing the kingdom of God over the last couple of weeks, we want to do that well together. So may the words of my mouth and the things we consider in our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. All right. Today's sermon uh, is called Small is Big and Big is Small. Small is Big and Big is Small. We're in the middle of a discussion around the parables of the kingdom. And so uh, these are moments when Jesus is talking about this reality called the kingdom of God that people really before him, in terms of being a religious leader, hadn't really talked much about. Um, last week, we talked about Luke chapter 4 and how that really shapes and informs Jesus's ministry as someone who comes to proclaim the kingdom of God. So we're going to touch back on that in just a moment. Uh, I do want to say uh, real briefly, just as we begin today, I know the kingdom is something that's kind of hard to get our heads around. It is for me too. But the simplest definition I know of the kingdom of God is this. The kingdom of God is where God's rule and God's reign is clear. Where God's rule and God's reign is clear. What does that mean? It means that when we see things happening, like we see in our day right now, where we see people talking about and actively working to take down things like racism, to address issues of poverty, to pay attention to people that are on the margins. These may feel like small things, but these are steps toward the kingdom of God coming more and more fully into real life. Let me show you what I mean. Look with me at Luke chapter four. Don't worry, there's an outline coming. There is a little bit of a direction coming here, but look at Luke chapter four with me very briefly. Jesus describes the kingdom of God this way, starting in verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's saying this to a group of religious leaders, and he's quoting from the book of Isaiah. Because he's anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Anytime things like that are happening, it is an example of the kingdom of God. Uh, let me press pause real quick and go and make Jesse our host again, because... That's just important to do right now. Thanks for being patient, Jesse. Okay, the kingdom of God is where those things that Jesus talked about in Luke chapter four are happening. Why is that a big deal? Two reasons that is a big deal. And these are kind of your headings for today. This is what you wanna maybe write down as an outline. First one is small is big in the kingdom of God. Small is big. And then the second thing is the birds and the branches. Birds and branches. Small is big and birds and branches. What are we talking about when we talk about how small is big? Look at the Matthew passage with me again. 
Jesus has talked about the importance of the kingdom in all these different ways in the book of Matthew. And he says this, I'll just read like 31 and part of 32. He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all the seeds, but when it is grown, it becomes the greatest of the shrubs and becomes a tree. Very short parable, very kind of visceral image, right? Like you can picture just like a shrub in front of your house. You can, you can picture a tree, but go back to the idea of the seed. What has to happen for a seed to grow? Well, it's got to be planted. Like certain kinds of wildflower seeds, you can just scatter and they'll grow. You don't really have to plant them, but they're not going to become a shrub. They're not going to become a tree. If you plant something deep down and you water it and it's in good soil and you tend to it, that is when a seed is able to grow. And in this case, the mustard seed actually becomes something much bigger than the tiny, tiny, tiny seed that it is. It becomes a shrub, it becomes a tree, it becomes this much bigger thing that provides much more of a blessing and a benefit to others. So here's what I want us to know. You can, you can write this down if you'd like to. The kingdom is built by small things. The kingdom of God is built by small things. What do we mean by that? Oftentimes we associate the word small as purely negative. My house is too small. My paycheck is too small. Small can often be seen as, as almost pejorative, like, oh, I wouldn't want anything that's small. Like, give me the big thing. But the kingdom is built by these small acts, these small steps, by something as small as a mustard seed. In a different part of Matthew's gospel, in Matthew 17, the disciples come to Jesus with a problem. The problem is they can't heal. They can't perform miracles like Jesus does. And what does he say to them? He says, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could do what I'm doing. What he says to them is, small faith is still faith. Small faith is still faith. So if you're sitting there going like, what does this have to do with me? Like, I'm trying to figure out how to do my job. I'm trying to figure out how to do a lot of my life online. I don't particularly enjoy that, or I'm loving this. I don't have to see people in real life anymore. This is great. Wherever you are coming from, let go of this idea that because something is small, it cannot be helpful. One of the ways I try to encourage people pastorally as they seek to step into really important things like the work of racial justice and reconciliation is stepping in in small ways is still stepping in. What Jesus said about mustard seed faith, small faith is still faith. Just because you would say, look, I don't have a lot to offer. I don't have a lot of bandwidth, all these other types of things. Small faith is still faith. Jesus's ministry was not seen as this big transformative event in his lifetime. Far from it. Jesus's life was a small life in the eyes of the Roman Empire, in the eyes of Pontius Pilate, in the eyes of those religious scholars that he spoke to in Luke chapter 4. Nobody thought he was a big deal. But in the smallness of his ministry, in the mustard seed faith that he encouraged in his disciples, incredible things begin to happen. Women were elevated into positions of leadership. Men who were out there murdering and destroying Christians like Saul suddenly became the greatest advocates for the faith. Those were not small things. And yet someone that was dismissed as small brought those things into life, Jesus Christ. So church, think about this. If you want to get serious about the kingdom of God, if you want to get serious about stepping into things like racial reconciliation or combating poverty, or ministering effectively to your neighbors by sharing the gospel with them, would you start small? 
Would you give yourself the freedom to say, you know what, this is a small thing I can do today, but I'm going to do it. I invite you to pray through Luke chapter four. I invite you to take Megan seriously on this uh, scripture memory. Let those scriptures sink into your heart. Those are mustard seeds for your faith, church. Pray for the kingdom of God to become. Recognize it when you are facing captivity and step into it. Recognize your fears. Recognize your your self-talk around like, oh, I can't do a whole lot right now. What is a small thing you can do? A small thing every one of us could do is invite people to come check out Bike Break up here at church. We've been doing it the last couple of weeks and it's been really fun. But guys, Bike Break isn't for us. It's not for people that call our church home. It's for people that don't have a church home. It's for people that need to belong and feel supported in these strange and dark days. Would you just extend the invitation? It's easier than ever to invite someone to check out worship. You can text them a link to our worship service and they can be a part of it. So that's the first part where we talk about small is big. Then let's talk about the birds and the branches. This is where we talk about building things that we may never see the end of, but that God is using for tremendous good. This is the latter part of verse 32. I'll read it for us very briefly. Jesus has talked about how the mustard seed is grown. It becomes the greatest of the shrubs and it becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches. You know what Jesus is doing there? He's quoting from the book of Ezekiel. He's quoting from the book of Daniel. Books of prophecy from the Old Testament use this image of the trees and the birds as a way to talk about God's heart for all people to hear the good news of the gospel. In the Old Testament and oftentimes in Jesus's community, the gospel, taking religion seriously, taking faith seriously, it was often thought of as just for a group of insiders, just for a group of people that already knew the language, already walked the walk, already talked the talk. And these images of trees and birds were specifically used to say, no, the gospel is for everybody. And what I want us to think about is the gospel is for the furthest out person in your life. What do I mean by that? I mean the person that you could never in a million years picture praying or picture singing a song of praise to Christ or opening up their Bible. Like use your mind and imagine someone that you love, that you care about, and they're not a Christ follower and they, you just can't see them doing those things. That is exactly who God has called us to speak to and minister to. And we all start to go, wait, 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 hold on. I'm not an evangelist. I don't know how to do that. What was the first point? Take a small step. Take a small step as a means to be building this bigger thing that God is up to in the world. When we moved to Inglewood Press last fall, I I still just can't believe that God has provided this for us. This move is not about us. Being able to be in a place like this, it's not for me. It's not for us. It is for the people that God longs for us to reach and welcome into his family. If you think about it, Inglewood has been here a long time and it's like a well-established tree, a tree that's had a long time to build and it's got all these branches. And on those branches, who knows the kind of bird that's gonna land there. Maybe it's your coworker who's so quiet, you barely hear a word out of them, but they're so hungry to believe in something bigger than themselves. Maybe it's someone in your life who's super active, who loves being able to be a part of something 
that is meaningful and rich and they involve themselves at their kids' school and they involve themselves in the neighborhood, but they're missing the key piece of Jesus Christ. And welcoming, welcoming them into a church building isn't necessarily something we're doing right now, but inviting them to be a part of what God is up to is something we can always do. The birds and the branches, church, it's not about us. One of the best ways we can do this, one of the ways that I would challenge all of us, including myself, to, to be attentive to who God is bringing into our lives, who doesn't know him, is simply by practicing vulnerability. I was away this past weekend with uh, our extended family. There's a lot of people in, in our extended family that don't know Jesus Christ. And we were standing by a river. We were out at a camp uh, out by Leavenworth. It was beautiful, fall colors, beautiful blue skies. And I was thinking about our church and I was thinking about how, you know, we were going to drive back on Saturday night and I'd be here with you guys Sunday morning. And it was honestly uh, hard because I felt like I wasn't very present in that moment. And so I just kind of sat with that feeling. Maybe you've experienced this too on vacation. The day before you come back, you're like, all right, I got to go back to work tomorrow and I need to do this. And I need to make sure I prioritize this. And I just asked the Lord, Lord, would you just settle my spirit and help me to be here? And standing right next to me was a family member who I love a lot. And I just said to this person, you know, this has been a great trip, but I'm having a really hard time being present. And that person said to me, well, like, well, tell me about that. They're not a Christian. They're not a believer. And we started to have this very vulnerable dialogue. And it couldn't have lasted more than five or 10 minutes. But I believe, I believe this so deeply that there is a step of faith that was taken in that moment where that person could watch as someone who's a Christian is not pretending to be perfect, not trying to be all in control of my situation. Instead, saying to that person, this is hard right now. And that was just, you know, a small moment, right? But the point I'm trying to make is if small is big, if we believe that these little conversations amount to something more transformative over time, if we believe that God has brought the birds of the air to land in the branches, and that is his vision for the kingdom church, I want to interact well with the birds that land in our branches. Don't you? Don't you want to be able to welcome people in? Guys, we don't know what the impact of these days is going to be. What if five years from now, we look back on this time and we go, man, God was starting to do some amazing things in 2020. We couldn't see it yet. We were in the midst of the pandemic and all this craziness, but he was doing something incredible and we were witnesses to it. What would God have you do? What would God have us do? That'll be part of what we talk about in our breakout rooms. I want to finish with this story of God doing something big in a very small moment. My friend uh, James Cuman is the pastor here at Inglewood Presbyterian, and we started up our friendship years ago when I first moved here. He was kind enough to meet me for lunch. We didn't know each other at all. We just kind of wanted to get to know each other and support each other as pastors in the same community. And so over the years, we'd meet up for coffee and we'd hang out. And in April of 2019, I had it on my calendar that James and I were going to meet up at the Mod Pizza in Totem Lake and hang out. And I almost canceled. I almost canceled that meeting because it was right before Easter and I had a bunch of stuff going on. And, you know, you, we all do this. We're like, oh, I can see that person later. It's not that big a deal. But I met up with James at Mod Pizza. And we sat there and he said to me, hey, I've been thinking and praying about this. I'd like to start a conversation with your church about sharing space with our church at Inglewood Press. 
And I was just floored. I, I never imagined that would be our conversation. I never imagined having the opportunity as a mobile church pastor to re-enter the world of a brick and mortar church. And I did not think that the friendship that James and I had then and have now would eventuate in this beautiful thing that God has done in giving us a home. And I got to tell y'all, every time I drive up Finn Hill from my house to come here, I thank God for driving, for bringing us to this place because it's an amazing tool for ministry because we're blessed by our friendship with Englewood, just like they are blessed by our friendship with God. And if I hadn't showed up for that conversation, I don't know what would have happened, but it was a seemingly small thing. And I don't want us to neglect the small things that God is doing. So as you go into your breakout rooms, I invite you to uh, consider the questions that are going to pop into the chat in just a moment. And think about these moments when you are faced with a seemingly small thing, but it's had a tremendous impact. I hope we go to our breakout rooms for the next couple of minutes and tell each other the great stories of what God has done. So before we go into our breakout rooms, I want to pray for us. And then uh, we're going to uh, join that discussion together. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for this time. Bless us now as we go into our breakout rooms. Help us to be honest and vulnerable. Bring the birds of the air into this, this tree, these branches that you were building of your kingdom. And may it be to your glory. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.